Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Do you feel like your soul is weighted down? I think we are born with a vest, the ability to actually hold on to some things. And the problem is you can keep on adding on and you don't know that you're walking around with it. And those things hold us down and weigh us down. See, for some of us, you're holding on to things, you're carrying things, and you think God owes you. So you don't feel God's forgiveness because you don't give God forgiveness. If forgiveness is a process, could you start today? Well, good morning, friends. You guys are rowdy. These, this crowd, this... Uh, do we... Uh, is, it, is, it, is it just this crowd? How do you guys feel about this right here? Okay, it's kind of crazy. Anyways, welcome. For you guys here and online, we're glad you guys are excited. Yeah, okay. Dang. I'm almost intimidated. I'm going to come sit down. Right? Felix, right? Yes, awesome. All right. Let me, let's start, let's, let's, it's going to be fun, it's going to be fun today. Um, so we are on, we're not in a series, uh, which means that, uh, you know, usually in a mosaic, what we do is we do take a conversation and we kind of talk about it for a couple of weeks, but uh, today we're not doing that, uh, this month we're not doing that, and so I'm just going to talk about some, like, some topics that I feel like we really need to have a conversation about. So today is one of those, last week we talked about forgiveness, today I want to talk about this sign right here. So. When you see this sign, what is your first reaction to this? What's your first reaction? Okay, now, I know, uh, growing up, like if you were younger, you would be like, uh, I don't know what this means. If you're depending on, if you're a teenager, maybe you're like, uh, I want to go. I want to go there, right? I totally want to do this. I want to do this. I, my first reaction is like, I just don't know if I want to, uh, uh, maybe I should, maybe I should. It depends on what it says besides that. Like sometimes it'll say high voltage, right? Or, or it'll say something like, uh, like a massive current or something, don't swim, you know. I saw one sign, honestly, it said, um, it said that uh, keep out, uh, you will die, and it will hurt while you're dying. I was like, that's the best sign. That is the best, best, best sign. Um, I feel like I'm a little too loud in the room, right? I think so. Okay, I'm not. Okay, okay, good. All right. So I wonder... I wonder if uh, it would be so helpful if we had a sign like this when it came to our relationships. Relationships. Now, how many of us have gotten into a relationship, you're like, where was this sign when I got in? Like, where was this? What did I just do? What did I step into? Because right now, you're like avoiding landmines right now. 
you are avoiding them. You are walking on eggshells. Some of you guys are like, I don't know. There's so much electricity. There's so much emotion here. There's so much current going through this, uh, this, our, our relationship. I don't know. We're going to short fuse. We're going to go all crazy. I'm burnt. And for some of us, what the problem has been is, is that we have, we have a reality that we're living in right now. We've entered into relationships, and it's not all our relationships, but some of them, man, we have come out of them, man, really brokenhearted, really burnt, really like just destroyed in a sense. We've come out even cynical. We've come out, maybe you have a romantic relationship, and you're like, I just don't know if I want to put myself out there anymore. It would be so helpful if he had signs like this, and it would be so clear to go, this is how you navigate a relationship. This is how you manage a relationship, or, or this is one you do not want to enter. I know, they're super great, and they, 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 they will t- you think this will take you further. But man, it's, 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 it's so hard to navigate relationships because they're all kinds right there's like it's not just family and friends but then you got like a mixture of that who friends who become family then you got co-workers then you got people who just uh, are sort of your neighbors but they're not your neighbors and you you know them and then then you got this online situation going on right like you have your people that you really are like emotionally tuned into and you think you're not but you are because you're like how many people like this how many people like this photo, right? How many people do this? You're invested, and you're like, oh, my, my family, my, my, my friends. It's so hard to go, okay, but, uh, but in the midst of trying to navigate these relationships, we find ourselves going, I'm honestly lonely because I don't know if I have deep relationships. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about just what it looks like for us to get actually better in navigating relationships because we're not going to have signs like this. We're not. But could it be possible for us to get better at relationships? So, number one, we know there are different kinds of relationships. Number two, I think we need to understand that male and females, now I'm generalizing here, but we, act, we, we bond very differently. Like women bond with intimacy in terms of like things they share and maybe even like sort of secrets or deep um, uh, memories and, and conversations. That's how women tend to bond. And then guys are different because they bond over activity. They bond over like doing things together. And I get that because I remember growing up and I, the memories I have with my best friend, it was always we're doing something. It wasn't when he told me this and I went, oh my God, no, it was, that wasn't happen. <laughs> that didn't happen. Okay? Okay? And I'm, I mean, I, it's, it's just the reality of it. So you have that complexity and then you've got the whole, I mean, uh, romantic relationships and online relationships. Uh, you're supposed to swipe up, down, right, left. I don't even know. What do you do and how do you navigate that? I mean, it's super complicated. And then I was like looking into this and I realized that there are people who, when it comes to friendships and relationships, there are people who are, they call them like tight knit knitters. And these people tend to like have a dense social network. And where everyone is friends with each other. Like, they like this cluster group of people. That's how you navigate relationships. Other people are like these compartmentalizers. And what they like to do is they have multiple clusters of group, but they are very different and on different periods of time. So you have this tight group of people when it comes to your job or your gym, and and they have nothing to do with your church people, and you've got a tight, and you like that and you don't like to mix around so that's why i hear people go oh, yeah i don't date people i work out with i'm like really no because i don't want to mess that up because they like to compartmentalize things 
And then you've got, I got like this, because I can think of one person who loves this, okay, is a sampler. A sampler is a person who likes one-on-one relationships, but steers clear from groups. My wife. Like, she, she's, she's one of those. She is one of those. That's why she'll sit with, the, with one person in church for the rest of her life. It's not me. It's Kim. Right. Right. Uh, we got we to gotta fix that whole group. We got to do something, that whole group. But how do, you, how, do, how do we do this? Now, there's so many books out there, but what is it? What does Scripture tell us? Does it give us any hope? Or are we just like, oh, hey, just have fun. Uh, make sure you don't get your heart broken and make sure you don't uh, you know, lose yourself in the middle of relationships. What do you do when you're in a relationship and you know it's toxic and you need to get out? How do you manage that? Now, I cannot uh, like help with all of those because, like I said, People are complicated. Relationships are super complicated. So what I want to do is I want to talk about like uh, some categories of relationships. A meaning, I want to talk about what are, what, what's, a, what's a safe relationship and unsafe relationship. And what is a seasonal relationship and what is a seasoned relationship looks like. Now let's just jump in, okay? So for example, Proverbs 12 tells us this. Proverbs 12 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Now, now, here's what's interesting. You can obviously make like, okay, okay, so there are good people and bad people. No, but if you, d- deep, if you look into the scripture even more, you go, okay, what is the principle that it's trying to say? It's trying to say that there's a, there's a wicked uh, rip current in a sense when it comes to relationships. It's like there are some people you jump into a relationship with, it's like swimming out in the ocean, and you, if you don't pay attention, all of a sudden you are very far away. You've seen this happen, Derek. You're so far away from where you were. You don't even know what's happening. And he says, the scripture says here is you have to be careful because they determine the direction of your life. In fact, your friends will forecast, in a sense, your future. They just will. And so how, how do we navigate those? Because here the scripture says, I want you to be wise with those. And I want you to know that there are friends there that you have to carefully choose. And then there's are people who will just make you go with whatever uh, current situations are happening. So what, is it, what does that mean? Well, the first thing we have to understand when we look at safe and unsafe seasoned or seasonal relationships is the idea that we are all managing this tension. And I just want to put it out there. We're all managing this tension when it comes to relationship, and that is new beginnings and necessary endings. Within relationships, there's always new beginnings and there are always necessary endings. What I mean by that is that every relationship that you have, every kind of relationship, because there's so many different kinds of relationships, they're always going to have a beginning and they'll always have an end. Now, I know this is morbid, but my relationship, my earthly relationship will end at one time. My relationship with my wife will end at one time. Something is going to change. And so for some of us, you are nursing this wound from some broken or relationship or someone that you thought was committed to you, and now the relationship is ending, but you're still holding on to them. Friend, maybe there was a necessary ending. Because in some cases, you have to have a necessary ending to have a new beginning of relationship. And for some of us, we are forfeiting new relationships because we're holding on to past ones. We're dragging them on, and it's too crowded in that relationship. You guys know what I'm talking about. Your ex is always part of the conversation. You're always bringing up the past, and it does not work. And I think for some of us, we have to understand that there are, there's such thing as called seasonal relationships. They will end. They need to end. And then there are seasoned relationships. There are seasoned relationships. They last really long. 
The best way to understand this, okay, the best way to understand this um, is let me give you a science, I guess, quiz. Okay, now, the composition of the earth. Okay, this is extra credit, friends. Extra credit, okay? Okay, the composition of the earth. There are three major compositions of the earth, right? Anybody know? The first, the outer, outer what? What's it called? The crust. The crust. Awesome. Thank you, Asher, my son. He's a smart guy. He's smart. Okay, the crust. Okay, then you got the... Ah, oh, he's, he's doing it again. The mantle. And the... Okay, that was someone else. My other son. No. Uh, okay, so the crust. The crust, as you guys know, is like the, 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 obviously the massive part of the earth, but it's also the most shallow. I think when you think of season and seasonal relationships, I think is really a great illustration to understand that our relationships, some of them, are kind of like a crust relationship. They are the easiest and the most convenient. They are a large base of people that you know, but they're mostly shallow. And you have to understand that, that in your life, you will have that. And for some of you, you go, you know, this is, this is easy, man. I know this. I understand that. But I think we get stuff confused. When you confuse some of these, that's when we get our heart broken. That's when we get, our, when we get bitter. That's when we get cynical a little bit. So that's the crust. The mantle is where most of us live, I think. Most of our relationships, they're, they're real relationships, but they are conditional they're conditional because, like, see, the crust is basically, it's, it's, it's where you are in life. Your, your, your geography matters. Like, what, like, basically, like, if where you live and where you work out or where you work, that's the crust, right? Those relationships are easy and convenient because they only exist because you exist there. The mantle's a little different, right? They're real and they're conditional because it's not where you are, where you live, but it's what you do. So what, what you do and what you're dealing with, so the season of life is where people find these relationships. So you might be really great at a relationship for so long, and then it ends. I, I, I've heard this several times. I've heard women just talk about how sometimes it's so hard for them to find real friends because, because in this mental stage of relationship, it's a very real relationship, but it's conditional. It's conditional because your kids are the same age as my kids, so we talk about our kids, and we bond about our kids, and we talk about the issues, and all the issues are con connected to a condition. My condition, where you are, our issues, and we think you have bonded and bonded, and it is real. It is so real. It is true, but it is not. There's, it, it's, it's seasonal. You have to understand, some of those are seasonal, and if you'll get your heart broken, and you'll get really messed up, and you'll start going, I don't, uh, so was that all a lie, that relationship? Because now you moved, and now things changed, now your relationship status changed, and we're not friends anymore. And so it's, it's, so it's hard, it's hard. But I want you to understand that there is a deeper part of a relationship, and that is the core. See, the core is not connected to where you are or, or what you do. The core relationships are who you are. Who you are is a very, very thick, deep, committed space. And it's also like the, 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 the most potent, but it's also the smallest. And so the core might be just a few people, maybe just two or three people. People who go, regardless of where you live and regardless of what you're dealing with and not dealing with, I'm committed to you. See, I got that confused. And when I jumped into church work, I got that confused. See, I thought the people were there because of who I was. They just like me because they like me. People like me, right? I'm like, yeah, but I didn't realize. I didn't realize, and no offense to anybody. The problem is, is that 
yeah, you, you, you like me because of what I do and what I say and what I believe. But guess what? How many people, and I'm just going to be very real here, how many people who go, I'm still for Naeem, if Naeem right now said, hey, guess what? Guess what? Which, by the way, I'm not saying. <laughs> that said, hey, you remember I was born and raised a Muslim? Right? Remember the whole ex-Muslim book that I wrote? All right, so I'm back. I'm going to go back to Islam. You know how many, okay, you know how many people would lo- lose their minds, number one? And then how many people, I, there would be no social media influence, I've got nothing. I would lose everybody. Why? Because I know that most of my social media friends and most of your social media friends are on the crust and the mantle. And they're not in the core. See, the people who wish you happy birthday online are the mantle. The ones who call you up and go, hey, you're getting so old. Those are your core. They might never like something. They might never post something. And everybody else might think, oh, they don't have a relationship. No, 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 no. It's so good that we don't want anyone to know about it. (laughs) It's different. And when you mistake those two, we fall into a just a, um, a deadly trap. And we start hating some people and judging people. You have to understand, it was just seasonal. It's just seasonal. Seasoned relationships are extremely different. Seasoned relationships are one that are part of the core. Now, let's jump into this idea of like, what is an unsafe and safe relationship? I just want to say that there are people who've done a lot of research, a lot of books written on this, experts on this. I mean, they really go into the psychology of this. We have a great uh, mental health um, ministry called ICU Talks, led by Kim, and they do a great job just breaking down people and relationships and emotions. I think that's, you, you need to be, you need to take part of the, uh, you need to be aware of those things, and you need to understand that this sermon is not going to help all of those. But I also want to say that there's other resources. In fact, Safe People by Henry Cloud is a book that some of us might need to read. But I want to jump in and go, okay, what does it look like? What does it look like to be in an unsafe relationship? So let's just jump in. So an unsafe relationship. Okay, number one, I just wrote down my own thoughts. Uh, Unsafe relationships, the people in there, they have their own agenda and they have a deep brokenness. They have their own agenda. Have you ever been in a relationship? Have you met a person who has God's will for your life? They know it. They know it, and they want you to make sure you live it out. They're going to control everything. They have their own agenda. You know that there's something going on here. You can even meet a client or a person, right? And you go like, they have their own agenda. You can meet a parent of a kid if you're a teacher, if you're an educator, and you're like, they have their own agenda, and I don't think their kid knows their agenda, but there's an agenda going on. That's, uh, that's a little unsafe. Number two, uh, they love with condition, using shame and guilt. That's unsafe relationship. You, 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 they, they love on condition, and it means is that you have to kind of fit in or be this kind of person. You have to meet their expectations, and then they divvy out uh, their pride. Then they divvy out things. See, I've always hated the expression, make us proud or make me proud. I've hated that. I mean, you know, because it's, it's a common expression, right? Hey, go make us proud, right? Son, make us proud. Daughter, make us proud. Because you know what it's saying? Right now, you don't. You don't right now, but then you do. But when you look at, when you look at the, the relationship with uh, 
God and Jesus. God complimented Jesus and told him that he loved him and uh, was, uh, was happy uh, about him. I mean, right after he got baptized, I, I mean, he comes out of the water and the first voice he hears is God saying, this is my son. I am so proud of him. He's the joy of my life and all these things. And Jesus had not done anything. See, when it comes to godly relationship, the way God loves us, he tells us he's proud before we do anything else. See, he's just proud of the fact that you exist. Could you and I rest in that? Because we breathe, because we are connected to him, because he made us. It's, it's so crazy. When, when the creator makes something, right? You're just like, okay, like I create things, I do paintings and all that. I'm like, I, I'm mostly proud of it, but I'm not expecting the other person, the painting to make me proud. I'm not making, I'm not, I, I'm not wanting that. And I think we get stuck in that. And when we start acting like that and we start giving out love with condition, then we become unsafe. All, number three, always wanting to win and be right. Have you ever been in a relationship? Are you this person that always wants to win and always wants to be right? Man, don't remind me. That's awesome. Don't remind him. Well, you're right, my friend. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough, isn't it? I don't know what it is, man. But here's the problem. The problem is, and we're trying to do that, especially with spouses. Man, there are, I've seen spouses just always, they're always, forget, I mean, they're not trying to compliment. They're just trying to compete. Every argument, someone's got to win. Someone's got to be right, and then someone's got to be wrong, because that's what you've been taught. And see, what you were taught and you were parented that way because it was not a safe place. You were parented to believe that that's how it works. But the scriptures tell us very differently. And it's, it's, it, we have to move out of that if we act like this. Number four, really quick, refuse to grow and face faults. You're in an unsafe relationship. You're in an immature relationship. When, when you have a person who refuses to grow, they've set their minds on something, and that's it. That's it. And they cannot go wrong. They cannot be told wrong. And then this idea of facing false or facing the facts. There are, there, I know people in my life, and it's so tough, mature people who just don't want to face something that's hard for them. As a parent, you don't want to face, hey, I think your child might be demon-possessed. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like we got to do something there. You got to, not really, I'm joking, but you got to, like, we got to have some conversations about behavior here. Or you're like, you always justify their behavior. Do you find yourself in a relationship, you're always making excuse for that person? You're always explaining to other people, well, he didn't mean that. She doesn't mean that. Oh, she does. But, but you're always trying to figure that. No, he didn't mean that. They didn't mean that. That client, no, no. You're always trying to justify. Why? Because that person doesn't want to grow. Really quick, well, last one. I, I, I think this is really huge. An unsafe relationship is a relationship where people lie. Lie not just to change the truth, but to control it. That's different. See, when you begin to lie to control truth, uh, some people call it gaslighting. That's dangerous. That's really intentional. Some people might not even know they're doing it, 
but most people do, who are doing it because they've been taught that way. See, again, we've not been taught how to do relationships well. So I don't fault anybody. If you go turn around and go, you know what? I don't do relationships well. I get it. It's tough. It's extremely hard. But there is a way for us to move out of these unsafe relationships, to be unsafe people, to be actually safe people. And to do that, we have to look to the person of Jesus. So let me take you to a, an account here and the description of Jesus. And I think it shows us so clearly how Jesus was an extremely safe person. And he actually gives us some tools for us to consider what does a safe person and a safe relationship looks like. John 1:14 says, and the word, talking about Jesus, and the word became flesh and he did what? Help me out. And what? And he dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of, help me out, full of what? And truth. Now, this passage is profound because I think if you break this down, that you, you, if I were to break this down, I would think, okay, first of all, we have to understand that this word, Jesus, became flesh. So in a safe relationship, there is this idea of becoming flesh. W- what do I mean? I mean that there is an uh, idea of shared vulnerability. Jesus, who was not like us, chose to be one of us. He became flesh. You see, I think the idea of shared vulnerability is so important in relationships because if we don't understand this, we will not understand the idea of really putting ourselves on the same um, level as everybody else. I think in some relationships, um, people are on different levels. They might not even say it, but they think that you are on a different level than them. And that's why they treat you differently. See, that's why there's a difference between pity and compassion. I can have pity on you because uh, I, 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 don't, I don't relate to you. I'm on a different level. I, just, I pity you, so I'll do something for you. Compassion says, I'm just like you. I'm a human just like you. I, can't, I don't know all the things that are going on, but I, I do know that, uh, that we have a shared vulnerability. Jesus um, shows us that the Father wants us to understand that the first step in relationships is a shared vulnerability. You are just as flawed as the person you are having a relationship with. You are just as loved as the person you have a relationship with. Do you understand that? That's the beginning of it. Secondly, it says here, it says that, oh yeah, by the way, Philippians uh, 2, 3 says, um, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. See, I think there's a vanity when it comes to us valuing ourselves above other people. Okay, the second thing I think this scripture says is this idea of dwelling among us. What does it mean to dwell among when it comes to relationships? Um, I, I, I wrote down, there is a realistic expectation when it comes to safe relationships. A dwelling among is like I am living on the same world that you are. I think for some people, you're living on a different world. Like, you, people talk sometimes to me, and I'm like, what world are you what? Living in. What, what, what? Do you not see what's going on? But it seems like they're in a very different world. Different world. You're like, what's going on here? So see, I don't think that you can have a safe, healthy, seasoned relationship with a person who lives on another planet. That's why right now you're like, why is my relationship not working? That's why. 
because they're not living in this planet. There's no dwelling among. They're like residing above. See, Galatians 6 tells us, carry each other's burdens, implying that we will have burdens. Each other will have burdens. And the same way you will fulfill the law of Christ, a dwelling among, a dwelling among. Do you have that? Do you, do you know what that looks like in a relationship? Can you get on the, the same uh, level when it comes to expectations? Part of that is having conversations, which we're going to get to, because I think the third idea here is this idea of full of grace. A safe um, relationship is full of grace. Proverbs 22, for, uh, 24 says this. says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Man. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do when, when you have friends who are hot-tempered? What do you do when you start making excuses for them? I think, I think you have to understand that there is grace. You have to understand that there is a level of immaturity that comes with people who act like this. I think that for us to look at this and go, okay, okay, okay I know people who do this, but I don't. It all depends on what triggers you, my friend. It all depends on it, because we've all lost our cool. We've all said some things that we didn't mean to say, or we've said it. We've all shut the door and just yelled out all kinds of things. Have you ever done this? Have you ever like sat down in your car after a confrontation, and then in the confrontation, it didn't go that well, but then in the car, you're like, now you're telling them off. <laughs> Have you ever done that? I've done it. I'm like, yes. And now I'm going to... And I'm like, where were you, bro? Where were you like five minutes ago? When they said that, you could have just said that. I know. Then, then, and then I'm having a conversation with myself. I'm like, you're a dummy. You're, why you do this? No, you're not a dummy. You're loved by God. No, no, no. I'm like, what? You're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Full of grace. What does that mean? It means emotional maturity. The third thing is having emotional maturity. Safe relationships have emotional maturity. See, I think immature people cannot give grace. Uh, they, they can let things slide, but they can't really give grace. Giving grace is saying, um, I know this is going to cost me something. Like, I know that this should be the consequences. I know that this is going to be hard for me, but I'm going to give you grace. See, if you think you give grace all day long, but it doesn't, like, phase you, you're just letting it slide. Or you don't care about it. Now, giving grace is, I really cared about this. You really said, like, you really hurt me. You really did, did this. Then, then we're talking about emotional, mature people. Newsflash, you can't have a safe relationship with immature people. Emotionally immature people. And there are very smart, very seasoned people when are emotional toddlers. They snap and they flip out. What do you do? What do you do? Here's what you do. You don't learn their ways. If you learn their ways, you get ensnared. You become just like them. But you give them grace. Grace says, I love you unconditionally. I accept you unconditionally. You have to give grace. If there is no grace in relationships, it's not going to work. But then, 
But then there's also the last part of it, and that is full of truth. Safe relationships are full of truth. Proverbs 27, I love this. It says, better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. I love this. See, full of truth means there is a mutual commitment a mutual commitment to have the hard talks, the uncomfortable, the awkward talks, the, the conversations that are not easy, the conversations that are just like, I'm being real here. I'm, this is what I'm feeling. I don't believe this to be true, but this is what I'm feeling. I mean, Ash and I, we used to do this, and, I, and, and, and I've done this with other people as well, is that I've told people like, hey, hey listen, let me show you how I'm feeling right now. If not my, it's real feelings, but it might be true. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not quite sure if I'm really reading this situation in, 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 in the total light, and it's the truth of this relationship. I, I'm not sure, but let me just tell you how I feel right now. I, what I feel right now is that you're saying this, 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 this. This is real stuff. This is what I feel. And I can validate that. But then we go into the truth. See, that is what living a life of truth means. That's what it means to have a safe relationship where you're moving towards truth, friends. Are we doing that? Full of truth. Because safe relationships, relationships that are, that are people who are, are mutually committed are committed to the health and the growth of a relationship. Are we willing to do that? And are you a person like that? I know, I know, it's tough, it's tough. Because if you find yourself in a situation that you're like, name, I get this, but I'm stuck in a relationship that I don't know how to get out of, or I don't know what to do, or I am this person. I will just tell you right now, the sermon's not going to be the answer. It's going to be the beginning. But you have to do the work. You have to find resources and move towards health and growth. Because what you can't do is you cannot allow yourself and you cannot teach your kids to be in unsafe relationship and only seasonal relationships. You have to be. You have to be the person. You have to be people. We have to be the people. We have to be a church that moves from being unsafe because there there are a lot of un safe religious institutions out there. And we have to be safe. We have to be people who, who, who do all of these things. That there, 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 is, there is a mutual um, commitment to, to growing. There is a shared vulnerability. There, there is all of these elements that we commit to as moving forward in healthy people. But friends, I know for some of you, you find yourself like just broken. Like you go look at this and it was cute and funny, but you're like, man, I'm in so much trouble right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Now I can just tell you, well, I'll just pray for you and it'll be all good. Um, But I want to do, I do want to pray for you. But I do want to ask you something. I do want to ask you, would you, would you consider, would you consider just thinking about this idea? Like, are you are you a safe person for someone? Are you building a safe family? Are you building a safe um, friend group around you? Or are you find yourself out of convenience in unsafe people? And could it be possible that the, the tension that we talked about, the tension of like new beginnings and necessary endings, could it be possible that today there needs to be a necessary ending of a relationship, and you're going to have to instigate it. You're going to have to have the conversation. 
because the people are not emotionally mature. They're not committed. They, they don't have shared vulnerability. They don't have realistic ex expectations, but you're going to have to do it. I think for some of us, you have to understand that your relationship will determine the course of your life and your joy in life. And it is so tough. It is so tough to navigate that tension. But I think for some of us, there are new relationships, new kinds of relationships that are waiting around the corner. But man, let's not allow fear, guilt, shame, a heartbreak, cynicism to move us away from that. Because God, that's what he wants. He wants us to have deep relationships. And he modeled that for us. And so he wants to be a safe place for you. He wants to be a seasoned relationship. He wants to be part of your core. And what if we were to live that out as a church? I think it would change. It would change so many things about us. So let me do this. Let's pray together. Can we do that? Let me pray. Lord God, I thank you for this relationship right now that some of us are thinking about. God, for some of us, it is a family member and it's complicated. It's so complicated because they don't know how to navigate that and they just need help. Father, I know that, um, that you on purpose send, sent your spirit to us. You, spent, you send your Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, show us that you didn't leave us all alone. So God, I pray right now by the power of your presence, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that God, that you would indeed bring us to a point of courage, a courage to go, I'm going to look at this relationship. And then you would bring us to a point of clarity, knowing God, that this is the conversation I have to have. And God, you would also give us how and when to talk about this, who to ask for help. God, I pray that we would be courageous people, that we would not allow shame, we would not allow guilt, we would not allow disappointment to keep us entrapped. And Father, I also pray for the lonely right now. There are people who deeply feel this, and they've never, ever verbalized this. They've been longing for a core relationship, someone to just to, to be with in a way that they know them and they're known by them. And God, sometimes that deep loneliness can get us into, into a dark space, dark place. So God, I pray by the power of your presence, would you remind us that, God, it's in those dark places, it's in those places of loneliness, you, we find you because you don't leave us alone. You don't, you don't leave us lonely. But I pray, God, I just pray for some people, I just pray for friends, good friends for them. Because, God, I know that this past year and a half, People have lost so many good relationships. And they're so saddened by that. God, there's so much loss. But God, I know that your spirit can move in the midst. God, I pray that we give all of our lives to you, all of our relationships to you, and you move us in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.